0: We're back, we're back, baby. We're
1: back, baby. Yeah, want to go with a little Lincoln Park to bring us back too.
0: We need it. We were we took a week off. Welcome well, back we to had, the podcast. We
1: had big life events for the reason we took a week. It back. was
0: a busy week, you know. Everybody other than creating, me had
1: life events.
0: Creating another person in the world is a lot of work. Kudos yeah. to my well, wife.
1: Congrats to you guys. You Welcome. Created to the them nine months ago for what it's worth.
0: This is true.
1: But <laughs> yeah, we were birthed. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So for anyone that didn't mention, you know, last week didn't have the pod. Um I had my wife had gave birth to our second child. Um we had some Nick, you had some hospital scare stuff. Um, but everyone I think is doing better, right? Yes, everyone is home and healthy finally. Healthy goodness. Dan, you had an issue. You were out of Tito's for like two days. Yeah, it was just the
1: biggest struggle in the entire world. I had to lock myself <laughs> off my patio just, just to be safe.
0: <laughs> but no, it's good to be back. And we we missed a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. A lot of trades went down. It seems like we had some culmination of a lot of big ones and um, you know, maybe uh some brewing from how the season's gone thus far. Um, so unless you guys have anything, I think we gotta just jump right into all the, the trade recapping we gotta do. Sound That's good? That's rage. All right. First one we're going in order, uh, was Kevin and Zane. And this, I mean. Is it fair to call this one the blockbuster of the year
1: so far? There's some big names in this trade. Big names. Yeah, I would say it's
0: by far the biggest trade we've had this year. Hard to argue it. Well, in this deal, Kevin receives Jonathan Taylor, Gabriel Davis, Evan Ingram, Khalil Herbert, and a 23 third round draft pick that is Zane's. And in return, Zane received Saquon Barkley, Devontae Adams, and Jelani Wood's. Nick, why don't you break it down for us? How do you view this one? This is a tough one. There's a lot of parts to do it. Um, when this trade was made,
2: Jonathan Taylor was injured. So I yes, think that played note. a part. Um, Zane needed people to compete, got people to compete. Um, the way I look at it, stud running back for stud running back, you could talk me either one being ranked higher at this point. You know, With the slight age, you go Jonathan Taylor, but with the emergence of the Giants' offense, which is laughable with Daniel Jones, you kind of lean Barkley. Um, Then you go to Gabe Davis versus Devontae Adams. Of course, you lean Adams. Um, Kevin gets younger, I guess. Loses his top end, but gets more depth. And Zane just says, fuck depth. I have the best starting lineup. Fuck you. Um, As we're seeing play out, injuries happen well mm-hmm. a little foreshadowing so depth is going to play a huge part and i think um this trade might along with some injuries might uh help kevin in the long run but it definitely if zane can somehow miss the grim reaper he has the best lineup i think in our league so it's a huge trade
1: it's a massive trade dan I- yeah. yeah, you want to jump in on this? Yeah, so I, I think I think Nick Nick had the big, the first very big pieces. You got Taylor and Barkley, and yep. I mean, like Nick said, the, this offense has been nothing shy of spectacular in New York. Uh, Barkley's been the reason behind it. No, number three overall in PPR, number seventeenth overall in total scoring amongst players. That's pretty wildly impressive. Yep, Taylor had missed three weeks with injury this week so that becomes the big questions we talked about earlier is is the workload in college gonna hurt him or help him in the pros and is this possible possibly a side effect for this uh the Evan Ingram Jelani Woods Jelani Woods is just a young depth piece mm-hmm. for it I, I you know the whole Indianapolis Colts offense is a dumpster fire right now and I think there's going to be changes coming so Jelani Woods could have a bigger impact more down the road which is super beneficial for Zane. Um Evan Ingram, I is, is just overpaid. Um, but then we get down to this hey, like, so I've got Devontae Adams left in this trade, Gabe Davis, Khalil Herbert, and a third. I mean, obviously, getting Devontae Adams is monstrous. But the question becomes is he's, he's had weeks where he's been boom 36, week, 36 points against Jacksonville, 30 points against the Chargers. And then we have the Derek Carr factor. The Hall of Fame Derek Carr, as Devontae Adams put earlier in the preseason, 1.2 points against the Saints, 9.2 points against Arizona. But he has more boom than bust. So you take a risk potentially week to week with Devontae in this upsetting Raiders offense. But I I don't see a fault either way. I, I think overall the trade is – I love when big names get moved. I think this is a fun trade gun in my head i like it for zane a little bit more
0: yeah i like it a lot more for zane um i think kind of echo the same thoughts of you guys i think jonathan taylor and saquon barkley you can really flip a coin um barkley's about two years older than jonathan taylor um, which you know could mean something i think barkley has the higher ceiling um in a ppr league um Jonathan Taylor is good no doubt you know about it I mean you're splitting hairs if you want to tell me who you value more um from there I mean Dan I'll kind of go off what you said I mean with Evan Ingram and Jelani Woods I kind of view that as like a swap you know like a relatively equal value trade you know the vet for the rookie both have their um upsides and you know various directions I get it but then like I kind of view this trade then Devonte Adams for Gabriel Davis Khalil Herbert the 23 third. um again this was made almost two weeks ago so you know you'll have to take my word it's not like entirely revisionist history but i mean it's just Devante adams is so good like you talk about like the boom and bust dan like gabriel davis is way more boom and bust and i know that adams is older than gabriel davis i think like four or five years older but like gabriel davis is like a very inconsistent player that is basically a deep threat like in a greatest or the great the best offense in the league or one of the best offenses in the league um you know I, I think the logic you know by Kevin is to get younger which you know I get that but I just don't know if Gabriel Davis and Khalil Herbert are the types of players you want to make that move to move a guy like Devontae Adams um Khalil Herbert like so many people are just ready to pencil him in as like the bear starter next year Uh, As a Bears fan, I'm very skeptical about that. And I think banking on like a late round guy that's been solid, you know, spelling the top back to step in and automatically be that guy is like a very risky endeavor, especially when you look at next year's draft class, potential free agents available. Um, I just don't know if that's a lot to happen. And Gabriel Davis, you know, yes, he's good now. But like what happens, you know, is he a type of player that the Bills are going to build around, you know, and want to have come back? You know, is he a difference maker? you know, when you have like these big quarterback contracts, right now it's not an issue, but it's going to be like as the cap gets gets larger for a guy like Josh Allen and the Bills. So I don't know if Gabriel Davis is destined to be with Allen long-term. And if that's the case, you know, if he goes to an offense that doesn't have an elite quarterback or doesn't have like a potent passing game, you know, he might get paid, but he could be like Kendrick Bourne and be on like the Patriots and basically, you know, running Rin sprints like for the rest of his career. Um, Devontae Adams, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. I just... Nick, you said it. I think this does potentially solidify Zane as the best starting lineup in the league on paper, and I think for him it's a home run. For Kevin, I don't think it's enough value gain to justify moving off the strong upside potential.
1: Gabe Davis is an unrestricted free agent entering the 2024 season, so he's under under contract for this year and next year. As a young Will Fuller. Tell me I'm not right. No, no, you're you're not wrong.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, Will Fuller, obviously, you know, lay off the PED um, stuff, but,
1: you know. What else was he? Wasn't he
2: on,
0: like, something else where he like. He was, like, pregnant. Arrested or something? Drinking horse semen. Who knows? I don't know about the arrested part, but maybe I missed that. I don't know. We'll have to have a stat boy check that for us. But, I mean, any Isaac, get on that shit. (laughs) Uh, Any rebuttals or counterpoints for this one or. You know, Nick, I mean, Dan, you mentioned the Gabriel Davis call. I'd appreciate that.
2: Um, I think the biggest thing, the way I see Adams, you know, you say you broke it down Barkley for or for. Taylor. Yep. I mean, this year you could argue it. I think Taylor's probably worth more, so I think you have Adams and Barkley for Taylor plus a little. I, it's not great, but... Mm-hmm. I definitely think Taylor's valued more than Barkley's, so that's where kind of some of the Adams comes in, not to just say it's Gabe Davis, Herbert, and a third, but yeah, I mean now Herbert's on IR, so
0: yeah, and it. that didn't happen obviously. You know, oh yeah, the time of the deal, you know. It's, but no, that's that's fair, and I mean I'll I'll concede, you know, JT. If you want to say he's number one and more value and valued more, that's fine. But I don't think it's like outrageously. A huge gap between him and jt or him and barkley straight up agree or
1: disagree
2: no i would agree i mean especially with the state of the teams i mean indy is seems to be on an arrow down and giants are definitely on an arrow up so
1: i don't know jeff saturday is a thing
2: yeah but they also have matt ryan doing forty <laughs> yeah, yard they... runs which is terrifying yeah
1: yeah who would you rather have a having a 40-yard run matt ryan or tom brady
0: Tom
2: Brady. i saw something it listed like <laughs> all these running backs that matt ryan now has a longer run on the season of and it is disgusting yeah it's oh really gosh. bad yeah. yeah
1: we should we should not even broach this subject anymore
0: all right last words or any other words for this trade before we move on no i mean
2: i think zane is the favorite
0: okay i guess yeah, yeah we'll back. The hashtag
1: Let's... foreshadow
0: Let's talk about, like, just from a playoff standpoint for this year. For Zane, it seems like we definitely like it for him, like, you know, an an immediate, you know, result factor. For Kevin, does this take him, like, noticeably further back, like, in the race? You know, is he still a top-tier contender, or how do you guys view him? He's obviously in the playoffs. I was going to say, his division sucks, so obviously. At the time of the trade, I
2: think— At the time of the trade, I thought it took him, you know, kind of down and out. After what happened to Stefan's roster this week, <laughs> I think with his depth, he has a pretty good shot. Like, I mean, if he is in the championship or playoff game and he hits a Gabe Davis boom, his roster's still good enough that he can keep with anybody. And then he hits that boom and you're fucked. So I think now after this week, so it marinated a little bit, it actually helped him.
1: I like, the, I like
0: the word choice, marinade.
1: I didn't get a chance to get to the where some of his teams play on that first initial playoff week. Mm-hmm. But if Kevin has good matchups in week, was that going to be 14? 15 starts the playoffs 15 if you don't start the week one. Yep. Yep. So, so, so I mean, it, a lot of that could cut out of matchups here. Kevin could be in a position where he squeaks in just because some of us in the division aren't necessarily as strong. <laughs> but, um, this could be a real dirty, like if you're Adam and Stefan, this is a scrap fight for this buy because Kevin could be really super scrappy depending on matchups, that first matchup. I used matchup three times in that sentence. I like it. That's what I'm here for.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, I think, no, I mean, right now I think I look at that division. I think Adam's just right now above everyone else. Um And the question is, can he secure a buy at this point because a buy, you know, just missing one week of playoff flukiness is a big advantage. Not to say that makes you a lock, but, you know, Kevin basically has no chance of getting that um, at this point. I mean, there's a scenario where it could happen, but it requires a lot of losing from Stefan and Adam. So I, you know, it maybe drops him like a few percentage points in my, you know, mind, but he still has a chance, you know, it's the playoffs, it's, flukes happen, you know, you're right, Nick, Gabe Davis or whoever could boom, and it doesn't matter what, you know, his, who who he's going against and what they're doing. So that's how I view it.
2: Well, they, Kevin needs them to lose a lot. And Adam plays
0: Chris this week. So that's fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be rough when he's trailing and six behind Stefan and five behind Adam and significantly by behind both in the points column so basically trailing Stefan by seven and Adam by six so good luck with that all right next trade uh has Stefan and Jer getting together and on this one Stefan receives a 2025 second round draft pick that is Jer's and Mr Marlon Mack and Jair receives Jamal Williams, uh, running back for the Detroit Lions. Nick, how do you break this one down?
2: Um,
0: Stefan's sending
2: depth. Jair's getting a running back who is just insanely TD efficient. I think he has 10 now or 11? Uh, hmm. 10. 10? Um, I'm
1: sorry. 2, 4, 6, 8.
2: There's an adding on the bottom. 9. But nine. I, I guess I just don't get it and kudos for jerry got a good running back for cheap i mean and yes it's probably only for this year i think williams is a free agent um stefan sends depth i mean this is pre him losing a quarter of his roster to injury but i just i don't know
0: it's for a 25
2: second back. that's so far away to give up a piece to win now i mean i you I think Swift might be back. I don't know what's going on with that team, but Jamal Williams is just scoring. And if you can get it for a second in a few years and you're competing, kudos.
1: Yeah, I, I think the touchdown dependent PC, he, he is a hundred percent in this offense to goal line back. There's no question about this. They get inside the five-yard line, even the 10. Jamal Williams is the only guy in the backfield. They might like if they get pushed back, yeah, maybe to the 10, you might see Swift in there for a swing pass but he's going to go through and he's going to get his opportunities on the goal line and he's going to maximize them. He's a big boy at six foot 225. Um, He's going to see his opportunities. He saw 40% of the snap count against green Bay, 40%, 16, 16 attempts for 59 yards with a score, 12 points, basically to give up a second round draft pick, which I've basically set the standard for on, this is what you have to pay for a, for a backup running back, except this is better than a backup running back because he has 40% of the snap count. That's there. And I regret everything I've ever said about Martin the Mac. Yeah. Um,
0: no, I mean, I like it for Jer. I mean, I think it's, you know, just paying like a 25 draft pick. It's so far out. Um, it's, really hard to lose when you get like I don't know just value wise when you count like things like that. For Stefan, you know, I I'm kind of with you, Nick. It's playing a little bit with fire. Obviously it's pre, you know, injuries. So it's you know that that happens. But like that's when you play that game, like it can kind of like backfire on you. Um so I like it for Jer. I mean, obviously his running backs, you know, are still a question, but I mean, you know, filling like um the holes with like these small band-aids, you know, are fine for this year um, in terms of, you know, just getting, you know, points and, you know, that's all that he's really aiming for. Um, Still has like that hole maybe on a long-term basis, but, you know, you're not paying immediate draft capital to do it. So hard to argue that's not a win. Um, You know, for Stefan at the time, you know, Jamal Williams isn't someone you're probably going to rely on. So getting draft picks, which we've really seen, I think, elevated you know in value across the league um people are being a little bit more conservative with them and the ones that do have them are placing maybe a little bit more of a premium on those draft picks so i don't think that's necessarily the worst strategy um especially you know just a second round pick first round pick those are just no matter the year they're always going to have value so um it's pretty equal in my mind i guess i don't really have any too strong negative thoughts for either team to be honest Any other closing thoughts on this one before we move on? Nope. No, let's go to the big guy. All right, let's go to the big one. And this was a doozy, but I think it was a long time coming. Um, This involved you, Mr. Nick Ruth, and Jer got together for a deal. Um, Nick, you received Kyle Pitts, um, a $1 in fab, and Jer receives... Um, A 2023 first-round draft pick, that is Zane's. A 2023 second-round draft pick, that is also Zane's. And a 2024 first-round draft pick, that is Adam's. And Cole Komet. Nick, we'll start with you. You were involved with this deal. I mean, feel free to give us your mindset and any other things you want to shed on the trade. All
2: right. So I'll do it from my point of view, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I have way too many picks for roster spots. That's becoming abundantly clear. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I have a pretty good core. Right now, I am at 1-5, so I'm kind of in that middle road. I kind of need to start Mm -hmm. fine-tuning. Cole Komet, I just, I like him. I'm a Bears fan. I think he's going to be good. I mean, he's been a resurgence as of late. I think he was a top-scoring tight end this week or this last week. But I just don't have a long-term view of him. And Pitts, I think, is, I mean, his draft capital, his measurables, everything about him is just amazing. And he's only 22. So I've been hounding Jerry for about six weeks on this trade. Uh, (laughs) We finally got it done. He got a boatload of draft capital that now he can use or flip. Uh, He really only has the one quarterback. And as we've seen, trading for young quarterbacks next to impossible. So he gets two firsts, maybe round out his team. He's not overly old. So getting the picks to maybe replace running backs, that could be a thing too. Um, so I think, it, I mean, trading pits is just a tough pill to swallow, but he got, a, I want to say, a decent return. I know I was hesitant for some of it, but I've been hounding it for Pitts so long that I'm super excited. You know, right now I think I have seven... Real solid starters that are pretty much all, I think my oldest person's 25. So I think I'm in the right place. Um, yeah, I just have a shit ton of picks, and so now I need to start rounding out a roster.
1: For me, there's one thing that's going to make or break this Kyle Pitts trade. The $1 in Fab? 100,000% correct. Thank you for asking. No. Um, what does the Atlanta quarterback situation look like this year and years to come? Mariota obviously does not enjoy throwing to the tight end. He finds moments where he scores, but there's not really a whole lot else. He's very boom or bust right now. So depending on what Desmond Ritter looks like, if he's the guy that Atlanta sees going forward, is going to determine what production we see out of Kyle Pitts. Young QBs love their tight ends. You want Desmond Ritter in there as fast as you can because he's going to be the guy that's going to make Kyle Pitts good. Has Mariota done enough to keep Desmond Ritter away from this? Justin Fields is now having packages specifically drawn up to hit Cole Komet. If this develops, this relationship that these guys have, and obviously I'm a big Notre Dame guy, huge on Cole Komet, if this relationship between Fields and Komet can blossom, and we continue to see the Bears protect Fields, give him offensive weapons, if they don't give them offensive weapons, it's Comet and Chase Claypool with a small sprinkle in of random other people, um, Darnell Mooney included. I really, really like this for Jerry coming back. Even with you rebuilding Jerry competing, this definitely helps Jerry with the second-year connection between Komet and Fields. But getting two firsts and a second back, I, again, I thought Jerry, 8,000 IQ everybody to get pits. Is it a little rough to move on from him after you draft the way that you did to get this guy specifically tough? Do I like the return? Absolutely. I love this for Jerry.
0: You don't trade Kyle Pitts. You don't do it. He had one of the greatest seasons of all time for a rookie uh, tight end over a thousand yards, you know, most since hurricane Dicka. He is the goat level tight end prospect. Um, We are in a tight end premium league. Having that positional advantage is one of the, you know, outside of a stud quarterback, it's one of the most important things that you can have because there are so far few of those players that exist in the game. Kyle Pitts checks every box for that, and he showed that his rookie year. The difference this year between last year is not quarterback. It's passing volume. Right now on the season, Atlanta is averaging 14 completions a game, 14. There are multiple games that Marcus Mariota has completed less than 10 completions on the season. Kyle Pitts, fun fact, is still the second highest targeted tight end in the league. Now, again, it's a pie. You know, it's a very small passing pie, but he's still getting targeted. Mariota is passing him the ball, but because their passing volume is so incredibly small, it's irrelevant. No one would be successful in this offense. That's an elite player. It's just not designed to do that you know, Arthur Smith or whatever is, you know, big braining everyone by running the ball a lot. And hey, it's working because Tampa Bay is shitting the bed and they're not doing anything productive. So it's what their game above 500. The Falcons are like a game back. So they're close. You know, they'll be happy. But Tom Brady and the Bucks will pull ahead and this will be irrelevant. Um, And they'll probably eventually go to Ritter. You know, maybe they'll draft a quarterback, but, you know, they're piling up these wins, so they're not going to be in position to draft a high one. But, Kyle Pitts is going to have his day in the sun, and Kyle Pitts, as we saw his rookie year, is an exceptional bet to be a fantasy stud for the foreseeable future. Um, I think passing on him for picks, especially over just like players, you know, I, you know, there, I know for a fact that there were elite players, even just from myself. I mean, I offered Mark Andrews straight up, and I don't say this as someone that's bitter, but I can't imagine the offers that Kyle Pitts was that was available for him. You know, getting, at the end of the day, Zane's picks are locked and loaded between 7 and 12 and, uh, what would that be, 19 and 24, um, depending on where he finishes in the playoffs. Adams is very likely next year to be in the same situation when we look at that um, division and how things are shaking up. Cole Komet, I mean, he's, I don't know, I'm not the biggest fan on him. I kind of echo a lot of Nick's thoughts on him long term. I think he's an okay, you know, tight end option, but I don't think he shows anything that, can be a next level game changer, tight end at the position. Um, I just, you don't move Kyle Pitts. I think this is one that I don't think Chair is going to, he's going to look back on and I think he might wish he didn't do this and was a little bit um, resounded in keeping an elite talent like Pitts. For Nick, this is an absolute game changer. I don't like that he did this because I think when you look at Nick's roster, it's, know very similar to you know someone like sam um and his team and how it was rebuilt you know through draft picks you know hitting on targets and you know making some savvy trades for guys to help on the rebuild Um, getting the tight end is the hardest thing to do and if kyle pitts is the type of player that i think we saw his rookie year that i think what we've seen he can do like this year just with in terms of his um, still being targeted at an elite level um, still being you know just an elite option I just think this really completes Nick's roster. And as someone that has to compete against him, fuck Jerry, why'd you do it? Um, I, I don't know. I love it for Nick. Jerry, I, I'm not sold at all.
1: That's okay, my so rant. Let me ask you this question then. Yeah. So last week against Carolina. Yeah. Eight targets, two receptions. Mm-hmm. Is that on Pitts or Mariota? Okay. I have
0: a I have a great answer for that. Let's go. So you are absolutely right. Kyle Pitts, fun fact, on the year, he's caught 25 of 54 targets 46 percent in 10 games do you want to guess how many players have a lower catch rate than him on the season with at least 25 targets
1: do it but hit me with the fun facts
0: Two, robbie anderson and a quantity a quantum saint fucking brown do you believe for a second that kyle pitts is as bad as those guys Oh, no, not in the slightest. So these are all purely on the quarterback or the offense situation. I do not blame
1: this in the slightest on Kyle Pitts. Oh, I don't either. But this brings me back to the question that I brought up before. What does his quarterback situation look like? A quarterback
0: situation doesn't matter. It's the offense that's flawed. And this offense is not going to last if you're not using a Kyle Pitts, a Drake fucking London. Like, go ahead. You can do this if you're winning and teams will put up with it. But if you're not going to win and Tampa Bay is coming back to reality to reclaim this division, I think it's not going to fly. No team is going to sit here while you have like two Ferraris in your garage and just so you can like drive it like a drunk 16 year old that does no idea what they're doing and doesn't know how to drive stick like it's not going to fly. So it's not even the quarterback. The quarterback isn't the biggest issue here. It's the fact that they are just not passing at all. And that I know for a fact will change
1: so how does it change though because is it what the coach going to get fired so Never. okay so you're on you're banking on like coaching staff changes
0: 100 i mean if it continues at this rate and he doesn't make adjustments yeah 100%
1: okay so what's that time frame look like though like I is mean, that...
0: potentially this year if it doesn't like work out like this team was all in on getting like Deshaun Watson i think you have an owner that wants to win and i think if you don't get those results i I can't imagine that he doesn't consider moving on when you have this elite, elite talent offensively that just isn't being used. Now, and, I mean, it's, you know, I don't know. I just don't think it's going to play out like it's I don't think it's going to last this long um, with these failures and being tolerated.
1: Okay, I'd be so really you think, happy
0: if he kept failing till the end of this year, at least.
1: Do you, <laughs> do you think that Justin Fields is the future in Chicago?
0: Justin Fields might be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Oh, I'm, yeah. Not, I mean, I disagree. I, I think there's definitely an upside with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So what, what was the thing? I Cole Komet is huge. But Sorry. fun fact, the Bears are passing even at like a lower rate than the Atlanta Falcons. The only reason like Kyle Pitts is kind of, or excuse me, Cole Comet is doing his best Gabriel Davis impression in terms of just having big play, you know, yardage and um, touchdowns. You know, the one touchdown he had this week was like, No one was around him. It was a broken play touchdown. You know, don't get me wrong. If you think that's going to continue on an everyday basis, I'm all for it. But, like, we have a lot of, like, results for this year and even last year as as a player. And it doesn't spark, you know, the greatest hope of, you know, optimism for him. If you think otherwise, I mean, that's fair. You know, I can't tell you not to. But, like, there's really not a lot of things, like, from, you know, a targeted perspective, you know, his measurables in terms of his speed and his athleticism to be optimistic about so it's just a hope and a prayer i think if you're gonna argue that
1: i mean i don't think you're wrong i'm just i'm making sure that i bring up the point there's a lot of deciding factors in what kyle pitt sees going forward
0: i would agree with that there definitely has to be a change um yep. and i just i do think it's going to come that's
1: yeah I, don't know. I mean with any anytime you with any of these things it's what is the opportunity that this person sees from the quarterback position I get the offensive play scheming, but you can scheme right. If you can't get a guy that gets you the ball, it doesn't fucking matter.
0: Yeah, no, that's 100% true. But, I mean, let's get to that problem.
1: Yeah, and I think you're right. It's getting to that problem. That's the the key factor. So, I'll finish my rant there. Nick, I'll let you go back. Yeah, close this up,
0: Nick. It was your deal. I mean,
2: he's 22. He just posted a 1,000-yard season as a rookie. It does suck, though. I have London and Pitts now. I mean, that's <laughs> You're <laughs> very invested. Rich man problems, but I think their starting quarterback next year is not on the roster, and that's
0: what I'm banking on. All right. Fair enough. Let's move on to another deal, and Jer was back at it, third in a row. Um, and this one involved me as well. And in this deal, I received a 23 second-round draft pick that is Zane's. One dollar in Fab, and in return, Jerry received James Conner. Nick, break it down for us. Um, so, before the trade happened today, I
2: have Nick W is selling question mark. Foreshadowing, I have a different line at the next trade. Um, Jerry's going for it. He's buying the depth. It's decently cheapish prices for starting running back. The Cardinals offense sucks. Yeah. They did just cut Eno Benjamin, which is kind yep. of good news for Connor. Um, I don't know. It You're getting him a Band-Aid on an amputation. His running back two spot is just brutal. And he's been plugging it, and it's been working. But I think at one time the Band-Aid isn't going to hold the wound that needs to be cauterized. So it buys him time. I don't know. If I it, like all these, like, slams. buys a lot fairly. of time.
1: Oh, I, I, know really for it I spent a
2: lot of time in hospitals in the last two weeks.
1: My allergy was a was a aid over a gunshot wound, so I think we're on the same page. Mine's a little bit more controllable than an amputation, but either way.
0: What do you think on this one, Dan?
1: Um, So, I mean, obviously, they have a lot of faith in James Conner to get rid of, you know, Benjamin. And even with the injury history that James Conner has, James Conner has had opportunities to be electric. And it's again like Nick said, this this offense is a fucking dumpster fire. Air raid, air raid, air raid. Running backs are irrelevant in this one. Well, no, hold on. A couple of years later, running backs might actually help us pass the ball. So a second round pick for now what we view as a starting running back with a um, injury history. Jerry gets depth. 100% worth it. And this is one of the picks that he got through the Kyle Pitts trade. Turns it into a starting running back. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm i okay with this for Jerry.
0: Yeah. I mean, my logic on it is, I mean, I don't know if this necessarily is me selling um, or, you know, writing things off for the season by any means. Um, the last two weeks I knew going into it was going to be tough um, in terms of my team's buys and some of the injuries I had to deal with. Um, I thankfully didn't lose any games on Jair during that stretch. Um, so I don't think that's all she wrote, but, you know, moving James Conner definitely stains a little bit, but I think, you know, for my team, you have to be realistic. And um, I think this was just a good opportunity to capitalize on a draft pick that I think could maybe help me a little bit more with either. I mean, I have, to be honest or to, you know, a look behind the looking or the curtain here. I have been, you know, trying to use this pick to even help me win now this year. Um, have nothing's really materialized since, but um, I'm not completely selling. I guess is the short story here. Um, but for Jair, I think this is, you know, he's going to fill in, and I think as long as James Conner's healthy, he might be the best running back for Jair's team. Um, he is going to just get used and you know run into the ground and get all the touches and. As long as his body can you know handle that workload i think he'll be you know a back-end rb1 high-end rb2 which you know for jer that's would be a phenomenal fit and i think could definitely help him down the stretch um so it's one of those i think just necessary evil trades um that i needed because i'm not sure if you know james connor how much the market would be really be there in the off season so i think it was just something i had to do Rebuttalist thoughts?
1: No, I won't argue with you. I don't. I don't think it's a bad way to do it. You get a second next year's draft. You get rid of a piece that's kind of going to help you maybe solidify out, but wavering back and forth. I. I don't think it's a bad way, especially because you have. You have a first and now a second next year. I think that helps your depth build.
0: Yeah, it gives me options. Yep. Um, and I mean, even if I'm being honest, even from a contending standpoint, if my roster's healthy, big F, you know, I think James Conner was probably one of the last options on my team, um, you know, maybe by RB three or four. So I think I can maintain it. Um, I, again, I don't think my season's over or I'm, I'm not writing things off yet. If an offer comes and I have to sell more players, great. If an offer comes and I can buy, I'm not opposed to that either. Yep. Nick, any last thoughts before we move on to the last trade? No, I think that's... The next trade is another one with you, so I'll just add comments there. <laughs> All right, let's do it. So the next trade, I was back at it, and I got together with Stefan on this one. Um, on this deal, I received a 2025 second-round draft pick. That is Jers. Um, $1 in fab. And in return, Stefan received Alan Robinson. Nick, we'll start with you. How do you break this one down?
2: Well, the elephant in the room is... oh, Stefan lost wide receiver one. Probably yep. season. No, it's like six. IR weeks, four weeks. I think yep.
0: That's the, our season at least. I yeah. mean, with how the Rams' season are looking, would we really be shocked if he's not shut down? That's what
2: I. Yeah. Yep. Like, there's no point in killing him and rushing him back for a lost season. I mean, they're in a bad place. I, I don't see him playing this year. Um, So then, now I have Nick is selling exclamation moment, but it sounds like <laughs> you've killed that rumor. It looks like I you're mean very slowly selling your old and busted for some seconds, which can help either retool
1: mm-hmm.
2: or you draft. You know, second round picks, as you've seen, can get starting running backs. The problem, if you do start selling, there's no new buyers. The market's a little saturated. There's not much to get right now. Um Sadly, your season was kind of thrown for a tizzy with the Watson suspension, Russell Wilson playing like dog water, and now your other quarterback is injured. Too much to overcome without having super elite talent elsewhere. Um, Your elite position of tight end, Waller has played two games. Andrew's missed the last three. So it's just so much to overcome. I get the selling. I think it's a smart idea. The real question comes and you've answered it but it's in my notes i had are you just retooling or are you going down to the studs and that'll be kind of interesting
0: to see going forward yeah um, i'll i'll yeah. jump in real quick before you go in dan um i mean i i think again it's what the market gives me yeah i mean i think you're right like right now there isn't a ton of options but i do think there are there is potential um, So I'm definitely like turning over every stone to see what's out there. Um, you know, if I got a strong offer for Delvin Cook, would I sell him? Absolutely. If I had a chance to buy. I'm uh, Chris Godwin, I'll just use an example with you, Nick. If I had a chance to buy him and it made sense. Sure. I wouldn't be opposed to it. You know, I'm He's really, very much like, available. <laughs> exactly. You know, I gave you this free plug to sell. But like the point is, I'm really not. I don't think I've um, forced myself down a road yet. Um, I, you're very much right. Like I'm selling off kind of some of my older guys that I'm not sure are going to be great pieces for me next year when I'm hoping to be back at it. Um, but this doesn't preclude me. I think from um, still competing. I'm two games back. I still have a head to head matchup against chair um, and you know, that last game of the season actually. So I don't think things are completely done in that regard, but Again, you know, who knows? I could get an offer tomorrow that shakes things up and throws me right back into it or says, nope, Nick, I'm trying to pass you for the fifth pick in the draft. And, you know, Godspeed as we try to tank for the last four weeks. So very much up in the air. So if anyone's listening to this and you want to help me commit to either buying or selling, feel free to reach out. I appreciate the support. Dan, I'll let you jump in.
1: All right, my turn. Yeah, because this is one of those ones. I'm a Cooper Cup owner in a different league that I'm competing in. Yeah, so you can yeah. give some good thoughts on this. I definitely picked up Allen Robinson. Okay. So the my look is, is where does his target share go to? And obviously, you know, this is, we saw what happened when he was playing. I thought it was fucking broken right off the bat. The fact that that ankle is not broken or he didn't break his shin bone is baffling to me. Ben Speronic or Ben Skaronic, sorry. Um, Tyler Higby or Alan Robinson? Where does the target share from him go to? To me, it's Allen Robinson. Um, he's been on the field at minimum 83% of snaps played since week one. I think he gets fed. I think this is a huge, huge piece for Stefan to be competing this year. Long-term wise, oh, Nick, this is great for you. I get it's three years out, but where's Allen Robinson in three years? Where's Allen Robinson in five, six weeks? Yeah. And, and that's and that's kind of the piece there. It's, this is great short-term for Stefan. This is interesting with, I don't even know what his contract looked like, but his situation. Allen Robinson has been a number one. We've seen it in Jacksonville. We saw it in, in Chicago. Now he has a chance to do it in LA. He has the talent to do it. I don't see the longevity of it being there. Stefan, great short term. Nick, better long term. And I love one dollar and fab.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I really don't know where like the the targets are going to go. I, I, you know, I, you forgot Van Jefferson. I think he just yep. got back and he he's interesting. Um, you know, there's always been the the Odell Beckham rumors and him coming back. Um, I don't know. It's just going to be interesting. Like if this team continues to suck, I mean, in addition to like cup, I mean, does Stafford get shut down? You know, what does this offense look like? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think Allen Robinson logically, it makes sense. Um, I like Tyler Higby to get like a little bit more work, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think for Stefan though, I I totally get it. You know, with losing cup um, wanting to fill that hole and um, in the grand scheme of things, you know, pick three years from now, it's, not the the worst investment by any means for this um, you know plug and play option. I agree. Nick, want to wrap it up with anything, or are we good to go?
2: Yeah, I mean, I just
0: a Rob isn't cup. I mean, you're
2: looking to fill the void, but I don't think a void of cup can be filled completely.
0: Hard to argue with that. He's a super duper stud, and that can be pretty rare for a wide receiver to plug in and fill. But who knows? I mean, McVeigh's a fan or an offensive savant. Maybe he can get some things going with A Rob. At least Stefan's open for it. All right. Um, before we move on to No, match-
1: no, no. Yeah, let's hold on a second because I'm gonna do something that's gonna shock the world right now. Oh, okay. Let me hit the accept button on this really quick. You guys oh. should get a notification here in just a moment. I've sat out for about forty eight, seventy two hours. Oh my It is goodness. now finally being accepted because I wanted to do it live on stream.
2: <laughs> That's why you wouldn't accept any of my fucking trade offers. We have a
0: trade. Okay. Dan, you um... dirty, dirty boy. Okay. Um, let's rattle it off real quick. Dan and Stefan got together on a deal. Dan receives Mr. Tommy Tremble, tight end for the Carolina Panthers. You also receive a 2025 third-round draft pick. That is Adam's. And in return, Stefan receives Hayden Hurst, a uh, tight end for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Dan, since it's your deal and you were being sneaky, why don't you break it down for us?
1: So I've had a couple Hayden Hurst talks with a couple people on this, this te- or this group yep. that has been looking for it. And a third round draft pick has basically been the standard is what I've been offered for Hayden Hurst. Mm-hmm. Tommy Tremble, God bless Stephanie, knows my love for Notre Dame. It <laughs> gives me a guy that I really, that came out of there. That is good. We've watched his snap share increase immensely since week one. And that's big for me. And when you compare it to what Ian Thomas is, they're about the same. The differences is Tommy Tremble's pulling in passes and Ian Thomas is not. And unsure of what the situation in Carolina is going to be from a quarterback situation. I'm going to preemptively take the opportunity to say, Hey, New quarterbacks are a tight ends' best friend. Oh, look! Here's Tommy Tremble. He's a six four, two hundred and fifty guy, compared to Ian Thomas. That's also six four. That was a really bad piece for me. Um, thank you for all of forty seconds of preparation for this. But
2: fun fact: Hayden Hurst is also six <laughs> four.
1: fuck. That's just all sorts of shambles. But Tommy Tremble's twenty two, and this is an opportunity for me to get a kid that could potentially blossom into a a talent. I get the third, granted it's a couple years out, but it's a big piece for my depth development. And Stefan gets a piece that is in one of the most dynamic offenses on the face of the planet. And with the fact that Jamar, or, um, sorry, not Jamar, geez, Jamar Chase is out a couple of weeks. Yeah. I think we can see a little bit of increase in his opportunities and hope that it pans out because Devin Asiasi is not going to challenge him. Midget Wilcox has never been heard of. I think Hurst has a big back half of the year, and this is a, just another piece, that's, piece that Stefan has that's going to be valuable going forward to cover buys as Hayden Hurst buys this week, as well as give him flexibility in the tight end position.
0: Okay. Nick, do you want to jump in with your thoughts or do you want me to go at it? Um, I'll
2: go. I <laughs> – don't see Hayden Hurst starting for him, so I guess it's depth, but I think Higby is going to just be plugged in. He'll kind of absorb, as we said, some of that cup missing with Robinson. I don't see a world where I'd start Hurst over Higby, but at least he has depth going into the playoffs, which you know I've been preaching is needed, so for a pick in three years for Hurst, I was definitely asking for more for my tight end. So I see why he went this way.
0: Yeah. I mean, my initial like off the cuff, like hard to do any research. I'm with you, Nick. I don't know if he really steps in and fills like a role for Stefan. Um, you know, yes, he is depth, but is he going to ever start over Hayden Hurst or excuse me, over uh, Tyler Higby? I sincerely doubt it. Um, you know, is this, you know, were there better options there? Um, Yes, but, like, Stefan also doesn't have a lot of pieces. So if you're going to bargain shop, I guess this isn't, like, the worst deal to do. Um, But I don't know. It's even with, you know, Chase being out, he's just, I don't know. Is he really, like, a better, that much, or I don't know. Is he a great option? I guess. But I, I, I don't entirely love it for Stefan. I feel like, you know, this is kind of a trend that we've seen Stefan using picks in a peculiar manner at times um and maybe i would have held out and looked for other options and or just you know frankly just sat on you know mr um Tyler Higby um but i understand you know you want to try to secure a buy um for me i guess i would maybe play with fire no i'm in the playoffs see if anything develops um maybe try to make a splash for a bigger trade if I want to move like maybe one of my players um, especially if I get maybe more clarity for a guy like Cooper Cup closer to the deadline or some of the other guys on my team so for you Dan I think it makes complete sense I don't know if Tommy Tremble or Hayden Hurst really matter um, two three years from now but the 25 third always will matter until it's drafted so nice to pick that up
1: exactly Well, you guys talk and segue to the next section I'm gonna run use the bathroom because I've been drinking
0: all right. Um, so this week, you know, we kind of alluded to some of the stuff, Nick, but we saw injuries. Um, oh yeah. Three. I mean, the biggest one obviously is Cooper Cup. Um, he's on it's, IR for the fact. It wasn't broken. Blows my mind. Like I thought he broke his
2: leg. Yeah. No doubt was, in my
0: mind. No, it was an ugly one. Um, that I did not see. I'm not even going to like sugarcoat it. it. Was not paying attention. But it, I'll take your word that it was bad. Um, but he's out for. At least the next four weeks, Um, it sounds like it could be a little bit longer, especially with, you know, if this Rams season continues to disappoint. I I can't say we'd be surprised if we don't see him the rest of the year. Um, In addition to that, Zach Ertz out for the year. You know, this is why Stefan just made the move um, to shore up that tight end option. And lastly, another tight end injury, Dallas Goddard. Um, He's on IR for at least the next four weeks. Um seems like it could maybe be something they're conservative on as they want to get him back for the playoffs so what does that mean for the fantasy you know season um as we end things and you know i guess we'll start with cooper or cooper cup and herbs um we've talked about it for stefan's team you know does i mean does this lead the way for like adam to just be head and shoulders above kevin and stefan and also be a locked and loaded to secure the buy
2: I wouldn't say head and shoulders, but I'd say he's probably the favorite now. Yeah, I mean, it really is hard to argue with that. Although, leaning on Tyler Haneke or Matt Ryan as your QB is tough.
0: Yeah, I mean, yep, that that is a completely fair point. Um, But, I mean, everywhere else, you know, you feel very strong about Adam's roster. um, And, you know... The one thing looming for Adam, and I'm surprised we haven't seen it. He still has that 25 first. You gotta imagine that maybe it's gonna be moved before uh, the December 8th uh, trade deadline, right? You know, Adam's gotta have like an ace up his sleeve that he's gonna try to pull off. Oh, I sure. don't know what There's I don't no know what's what gonna he ends be the season with that pick. So you know he's got that coming, and you know when you look at Kevin's team, when you look at Stefan's team, um, they really don't have that's. You know, they don't have a lot of bullets in the chambers to make a move. Um, Adam, even though it's not a great bullet, it is a premier option. Um, picks are always valuable, especially first. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, right now, though, Steph, or Stefan has a one-game lead on Adam, a six-game lead on Kevin. Um, Dan, I don't know if you're back, but yep, back. We, who who finishes with the bye in this division? Um, Stefan? Adam or Kevin, who who secures the one seed in the Justice League division? Start you with you, Nick. Oh, yeah.
2: I'm gonna say Adam does it. I don't think. I mean, Stefan is an injury hell. Keenan Allen, I think, died. <laughs> P- Cup is out. They're brutal. Yep. Um, Ertz is out. Debo Samuel is basically out. I don't know what the fuck happened to his season.
0: I what think a bus.
2: Catching up. And I, I mean, Justin Jefferson is the best player in football. And then you pair that with Diggs. That's a tough lineup to beat. I think Adam gets the bye.
0: Dan?
1: Um, I think this comes down to the – it's not necessarily the guys that you start It's your flex players. And as it currently sits without – it's Mixon, Jacobs, and Debo against Schultz, Patterson, and Curtis Samuel. In understanding that I haven't looked at buys, there's a couple other things that I haven't pieced together, but it doesn't look like Adam has a whole lot of additional things. Stefan has um, DeAndre Carter, so you like that? We've got you... Kareem Hutt. Oh yeah, hundred percent. The fucking the Chargers wide receiving core is a fucking dumpster fire with injuries.
0: Well, then you got to like remove the Keenan Allen Keenan Allen option, so that props yep. up someone else yep. for Stefan's flex Any, option.
1: Yep, you've got. DJ Moore, you have Alan Lazard. I still think Stefan has the depth to make it happen. Kareem Hunt's on his bench. Um, I'm still going to lead Stefan.
0: Yeah, it just, I mean, fantasy is all about, you know, luck, you know, getting into a rhythm, you know, getting guys that are just playing out of their mind. And, you know, right now, Adam's on a 14-game win streak, has not lost for seven weeks. For me, I think Adam is, you know, going to pull through and secure that by and it's going to if he does do it, that's that is a real huge advantage. You know, not having to play a game, you know, in the playoffs is just one less fluke, one less injury, one less, you know, drop, pass, touchdown or whatever you don't have to worry about. So I'm going to say Adam locks it
1: up. I, I think it's interesting, too. I'll just point this out. So Adam has scored approximately 63 points. More than Stefan has. Yep. Stefan has had against him 146 more points scored against him, with a obviously a half game lead. So Stefan has had the harder schedule than what than what Adams had. Yeah, Adams I'll, had I'll, the easiest I'll, schedule in the year, in the league. Yep, hundred thousand percent, hundred thousand percent. I'll take Stefan's roster on that every day, even with the injuries at hand. Okay.
0: Um. All right. And then so for the Dallas Goddard, I mean, that impacts Zane and, you know, Zane, you know, earlier he moved Evan Ingram, you know, like him or not, he's probably would have been a very decent option as it stands right now for Zane. He's got Jelani Woods or Jack Stoll, Cameron Brait, you know Not great, fill. Bob. Not, not great. Not, <laughs> not great. I mean, I mean, you look at Zane's team, I mean, Zane's kind of in a similar position, you know, as Stefan and Adam are you know he's three games back against Sam and this week they have a head to head matchup um for the one seed um Sam's obviously got the edge i mean you know can Zane get the one seed without you know with having like a real talent efficiency option or talent efficient option at tight end um, Nick i mean what how do you see this playing out without really I having don't the...
2: think he can get the one yep but i think we see a trade before the end of the year for him getting a tight end. I just can't see with everything he's done to go pretty much all in this year that no. he's going to rely on Jelani wood or something stall stole. I just don't see that as a reality.
0: Yeah. And I mean, we talked about it a little bit like with Stefan, like in his trade where, you know, with Dan, you know, potentially just writing it out and seeing what happens. I mean, Is, you know, how do you think if if Zane takes that approach, just riding it out, like, you know, and maybe conceding, like, any chance for the one seed, but seeing, like, if Dallas Goddard is back, you know, four weeks from now, that that puts him back for week one of the playoffs, um, potentially, you know, is that playing with fire too much? Um, Or, you know, is that silly, potentially punting, like, a one seed option? Or, you know, when you have Zane's roster, it's like, who gives a shit if you're going to be conservative and not want to waste um assets you know that's maybe better approach you know i, I don't know the answer to that i'm just curious how you get. yeah
2: i it. mean at least in the avengers there's four teams competing in justice there's three so stefan has the luxury of he's guaranteed playoffs yeah. zane isn't necessarily i mean you sold off some pieces but as you said you've also you're also looking to buy so i think sitting and waiting could be tough especially because the longer you wait the more you're gonna be over a barrel and you can possibly get stuck too. So I think that looms as well. Um I don't know the answer. I mean it's a shoulder it wasn't as bad as Ertz or as Cup. So it, it could be he's IR four weeks minimum, but I mean at least like for Zayn, I'd start Hayden Hurst over those two options he has. So I think even if he buys a lower end tight end to buy him four weeks third-round pick in three years, I think
1: it'd be worth it. How do you see it playing out, Dan? All right, so let me look at the. What's the most important position on the football field?
0: Long snapper.
1: You got it, 100%. What's the second most important position? Quarterback. Quarterback. If I told you there's a team that has QB4, QB5, and QB7, and then the other team has QB6, QB 14, and then QB 30, which team do you think you would take?
0: I'd probably take the one that has three top 10 quarterbacks.
1: That's 100% the reason that Sam's going to be on top of this division. Justin yep. Fields, QB 4, Joe Burrow, QB 5, and then Geno Smith, QB 7.
0: Geno fucking
1: Smith. A, a, a fucking great. Good for him. Fuck yeah. Lock. Like, who came up with it? Who said that was it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shadow's okay, just laugh at it now. Yeah, 100,000%. Oh, but I, I, that's the biggest position there. And understanding yeah. that Sam is McCaffrey, Kamara, you know, Swift, great. Deontay Johnson, we don't really know where he sits in that so, offense. You have AJ Brown, C.D. Lamb.
0: Wait, I'm going to cut you off real quick. Yeah, but so is your argument here? It doesn't matter if Zane had got it or not. He's not getting the one seed. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay. So, I mean, then from your perspective, like, is it just who gives a shit? Like, get to the playoffs. Like, if Goddard isn't going to be available, you can maybe address it in week 14, uh, you know, at at the trade deadline. Or, you know, you just literally don't address it because all hope is gone.
1: I mean, there's obviously a lot of variable factors that could happen between that. As it sits right now, get to the fucking playoffs and fucking what happens, happens. You got to buy. You got to win one game to get the championship game. You got to get one game to win money. Like, that's where you sit. If you can secure the buy, that's the most important piece. And then you pray you win one of the two fucking games you got to play to get in. Into the money. That's what it is. It's funny
2: you say how stacked Sam's roster is, but Zane scored more points and has more potential points, so he, in theory, has the better
0: roster. Yeah, but I mean, when we look at, I guess.
1: You know. I mean, we've had, so McCaffrey changed teams. Hawkinson
0: t- changed teams. Yeah, I don't have the breakdown, but it would be interesting to see, you know, I, I you just look at win streaks. It doesn't mean anything because that's scheduled thing. But Sam right now is on a 15-gamer streak. Uh, Zane's on six games. Again, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but I'm curious, you know, has Sam's team you know put up more points the last X game versus Zane? I don't know. But, I mean, Zane definitely does have a strong roster, but Dallas Goddard helped a ton in getting to that point point.
1: and when we get to talk about matchups and everything like that there's some specific things that i think will separate a couple of these pieces which is going to make it a little bit harder for zane to be attainable
0: well that's a good segue because yep let's let's segue into the matchups and um you know just a reminder trade deadline december 8th 11 a.m when the waivers run um that is the start of the week, fourteen games. You know that Thursday night game. So, just FYI, we've got about um, the waivers are eleven. Yeah, did I did I say you December eighth at eleven
1: a.m.? You said December eighth at eight a.m. No, I oh. said
2: eleven. You're
1: drinking. Oh, there all right, go. good for me. The fact check me. Somebody fucking comment down below about whether my life. He said fucking eight a.m. and I'm gonna stand by it. It's eleven a.m. All
0: right. But three weeks from uh, tomorrow uh, when probably most or whoever listens to So So um, on that note, let's jump into the matchups of this um, upcoming week 11. Um, and let's start off with Dan. You are taking on Steve's team this week. Um, I don't even know if we really need to go into this. Um, are we all taking Dan? Yeah. Four wins
2: is My note is one. Dan wins. Not a good matchup by any stretch.
1: Yeah, correct. They're fucking... <laughs> Case is playing because fucking Teddy Bridgewater's on a bye.
2: And Joe, Josh Allen may be playing in six feet of snow. This this it's
1: the Patriots game 2.0. Josh Allen Josh Allen to the moon.
0: But the the real quick and fun thing, Dan, you moved up to the third pick in the draft at the season list today.
1: Oh, fucking loving that right now.
0: That's you know something to watch. S- yep. Steve obviously has it locked and loaded. Um, but we'll see if there's any more moving and shaking the last couple weeks of the season.
1: Shaving shaving points.
0: Um, All right, next matchup, we have Adam taking on Chris. Um, Both teams have been kind of feisty. Um, I don't know if, you know, Nick, you want to give any rundown on how you see, you know, the teams playing out this week. I literally have four words. Adam by a million.
2: (laughs) Without Jamar Chase, Chris's team is a complete... Oh, yeah,
0: I... I said Adam, but I meant Armand, or I was thinking Armand in my head when I was describing that matchup, so I'm an idiot. Yeah. Oh, well,
1: it's Chris by a million. Or Adam, Adam by, by a million. million sorry. Adam by a million, yeah. Mahomes, yep, Adam by a million. Echler, Whoops. Diggs and Jefferson fucking outscore his entire team.
0: Agreed. Um, all right, let's move on to actual Armand. Armand is taking on Jer this week, um, and this one might be a little close here, I say it. Um, Nick, how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, this one's going to be feisty. Um, I think Jer wins,
2: mm-hmm. but Dak and Tua are back, or, Dak, or Tua's on bye. So it's Dak and Jones. I. It's going to be tough for Jer, but I think he wins.
1: I mean, here's where I'll go with this. Armand starting. Karan Williams, who is not the starter, he plays behind Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers. As well as starting Taysom Hill who plays mm-hmm. behind I, I don't understand I fucking hate Taysom Hill. And for that reason, fucking Armand team goes suck a fucking fat one. Um Jerry the Moon.
0: I mean Kyler so, Williams, like he was in I don't know, he was actually kind of decent and filled in like when Cup went out, got a lot of passing game work. Oh for sure. Um, I, he had
1: three, I know, three catches, three targets for 30 yards. That's not a lot.
2: Drive. Three catches, all right? That's a good thing to say. Taysom Hill has three catches, and
0: he's tight end six. So catches don't really matter. <laughs> um, I'm going to take the upset and go with Armand. I don't know. I just got a feeling like with his quarterbacks, I think we're going to see some maybe fireworks potentially for Armand to keep it interesting. Even though two is on a bye, I like the Daniel Jones matchup against Detroit.
1: How many yeah. games are you chasing on me, by the way?
0: Uh, so, quick re- recap: Dan, you and I are tied, forty and fourteen. Dan, you or Nick, you are a game back at thirty-nine and fifteen. When we last did matchups in Week Nine, all of us had the same picks, and we all went six and zero. Um, we did not pick Week Ten at all, so you know we don't know how that played out. Okay. Um, all right, jumping on to the next matchup, and it's the battle of the Knicks. I am taking on Mr. Nick Ruth this week. Um, Nick, what do you have in your handy-dandy calendar on this match or uh, notebook on this one?
2: So I have. If you're still in the hunt, you need to go two and zero here, or you're fucked. Um, Yep. It's not actually that easy having a matchup for you. I have some pretty good um, lineups for me. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, Pitts shows the value I paid. Um, But you might have one starting
0: quarterback. Do we know what's happening with Murray yet? I think he's still playing, but um, maybe not. Yeah. So... I mean, you. I'll, maybe I'll join you on just the one starting quarterback this week. Hell
2: yeah, man! It's the way to do it.
0: Um, I.
2: I just don't have. I mean, Kenneth Walker's on bye, so I literally don't have a starting running back. So I think yeah. you're gonna win, but. It could be interesting if I get some boom.
1: Everything you say before the butt is bullshit. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say that. It's just 100% what it is. You no, me not, not
2: have, having a starting quarterback as,
1: you a starting running back is 100%. Correct. No, yeah, correct. The butt. So, so, but, but then you finish with bullshit. You don't have a starting running back, period.
2: Yeah, you don't. It hurts.
1: don't have a second quarterback, period. Trevor Lawrence is on a bye. Your best running back, on a bye. Your best wide receiver, arguably, is on a bye. And then we get down to the fact that you have... Not great, Bob. No, no, it's not. And then you have Kate Otten, who has emerged to be one of Tom Brady's favorite targets Buy Nick, what do you not have your top targets on a buy? Holy shit. That's kind of a novel concept. Give me weird of the moon.
0: Yeah. If, if you had Kenneth Walker and um, T law this week, I think it would be a pretty close game, but just with how the running backs are playing out unless. You know, Boston Scott, which he usually has a patented like bullshit game.
1: Maybe it's don't, don't fucking put that shot but, here. I um, fucking miles. No, I know
0: I I'm taking me. I'm taking me. But um I think you know, just just Nick's running backs to lack thereof, I think it's too much of an issue. All right. Um, two kind of big matchups. Um we'll start with Kevin taking on Stefan. This is Kevin's real last hurrah. He it's pretty difficult to see him getting a one seed. But if he has any chance at getting the one seed, he has to beat Stefan this week. Nick, what do you have in your notepad for this one?
2: The grim reaper of injuries is striking Stefan, Eileen Kevin. Okay. Not too much analysis. I mean, Stefan's team got gutted this weekend. And he's done an admiral job. Re- admiral? Ugh. He's done a decent job replacing Aye, aye, captain. Him. I am on cough medicine. Um, oh, but... Come on. I, I don't know, think you can cool. fill the voids he lost, and Kevin's team is just depth good. I lean him this week.
1: Dan, yeah, how I'm you feeling about it. this one, Cousins? Ice Cousins, sorry, cause just because of the the bling on the airplane. And golf against Mariota and Tannehill, Stefan all day. Henry and Taylor, Chubb and Jones. You lean Kevin. It's just a better situation. Gabe Davis, Allen Robinson, situation, Keenan Allen's a little bit, question mark, and I'm feeling okay. Kelsey's better than Higby. Mixing over Singletary. Jacobs over Gordon. Tebow and Michael Carter, a question mark. Um, what's being put forward? I like Stefan.
0: Hmm. The tiebreaker.
1: Um. So and I need to pick a pickle match up here too. Do you play strategy? You've no, I mean,
0: match. I I had everything written down. I had Stefan this week. Um, I just, it's, I don't know. It, it really is a toss up. I think for me, I just have a little bit more faith. And I think Stefan has in my mind and this, you know, I don't really have anything to back it up. I feel like his players are a little bit more consistent and I worry about like Kevin's wide or Kevin's quarterbacks. Um, they have they have potential to get him points, but they also have potential to basically do nothing. And that worries me a little bit. Um, so give me Stefan this
1: week. Here's my last caveat on this. Yeah. Thursday night game. What do Green we got for Bay that? At home against Tennessee.
0: Ooh, So we got Tannehill.
1: Henry and Jones. I hate Thursday mm-hmm. night games. If the fucking Titans beat the shit out of the Packers on yeah. the road, this is a guaranteed Kevin win. But I don't like teams on the road on Thursday night. I think Rodgers and company have a good day. Um, give me Aaron Jones in the running offense, the Packers. All
0: right. So that brings up to or brings us to the matchup of the week. And this one has Sam taking in on Stefan. Um, and this one has pretty Sam serious... Sam and Zane. Zane. Wow, words are hard. Uh, Sam taking on Zane. I need more sleep. Um, and this is... Boost. This one has kind of playoff implications just because um, Sam and Zane are both very, very close to locks. Um, Sam, I think, basically can clinch a playoff spot uh, depending on some results this week. But the one seed is in play. Right now, Sam has a three-game lead on Zane. So Zane really needs to see the win here um, over Sam to keep pace and potentially pull ahead. Um, Nick, how do you see this matchup playing out uh, in your uh, handy-dandy notebook?
2: Um, So this is basically the buy. If Zane loses, I think the buy is all but gone. So mm-hmm. if this is a must win. Got it going down. Pre that, I had Zane winning. Um, I just don't see Jelani Woods helping. And uh, Sam doesn't really have a weak spot in his roster. So I'm going to lean Sam here.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to go right back to the buys. So for Sam, no ETN, no Geno Smith. Um, Is that that's basically everybody? So for Zane, no Russell Gage, no Tyreek Hill, no Tyler Lockett, no Mike Evans.
2: Yes, because Russell that's Gage hard. is a game breaker. Yeah, that Those was pretty. I've,
1: I've been drinking the (laughs) fuck But we we know. Hill, Lockett, Evans, that's over fucking Geno Smith and Travis Etienne right there.
2: Oh, for sure. Lockett, Hill, and Evans is. That's his
1: entire roster. I mean, that's everything here. Like, It's just, that's just rough. So rough. You have to start CEH. And I think that's the banger right there.
0: Yep, you took the words out of my mouth, Dan. I mean, obviously the tight end position, we know that's a weakness, but CEH, I mean, who fucking knows how that <laughs> the Chiefs backfield is playing out. I mean, frankly, I think there might be a case starting McKinnon over CEH mm-hmm. just because you know he gets um, you know, the Cash. passing game. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Um Dan, uh did did you make a pick for who you're taking this week? Sam. It's a sweep. I'm going with Sam as well. I think, um, you know, for what you laid out, Dan, it's just the buys really kill Zane and it makes it really difficult. Um, and not having Goddard, um in the tight end situation, it you know, unless, you know, Rogers, we saw him kind of return to life this week, um, you know, with a, you know, it, it wasn't even a great game from like by his standards, I know it but, sucks. but he broke 19 points, which has been amazing. Cause prior to that, his highest scoring game on the season was 16.36 points, which is absurd for Aaron Rodgers, but that's just how it's gone for it. So maybe we're seeing Rodgers get back on track, um, but I don't know. It's it's an uphill battle for Zane this week. I think Sam's going to get it done. Yeah. On that note, anything else, fellas, before we wrap up?
1: Been like I have a, good a week, lot a good... of
2: tight ends for sale, and a lot of people need tight ends. Mm-hmm.
0: And Godwin is also available. There you go. I love it.
1: I, I just like to podcast it again. I like I like these nights.
0: Hells, yeah. we'll we'll try to do one next week. Uh, we'll see with the holidays how things play out. Um, so no promises with that. Um, but help me commit. Am I selling? Am I buying? I don't know. You tell me, send me offers. Till next time, fellas. best of luck this week. Adios.